The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. The Satipatthana Sutta, the Buddha's, the instructions in the Pali Canon and the Buddha's teachings. The Satipatthana Sutta is one of the places where the instructions that the Buddha offers us for mindfulness are, are gathered or collected. And so um, just a couple of words about meditation techniques, many meditation techniques are kind of pulled from this sutta and use different interpretations of this sutta. So there's a lot of different meditation techniques that support the establishment of mindfulness. I think in some ways it's um, it's kind of the the beauty of the teaching being so expansive that it allows for a lot of different ways to approach being mindful and establishing this kind of continuity of mindfulness. That's what I mean when I say establishment of mindfulness. That's when mindfulness becomes more available moment after moment, kind of a continuity of mindfulness in the present moment. It's established in the present moment. So that establishment of mindfulness is a kind of a steadiness of mindfulness, a a concentration essentially. There's lots of different meditation techniques that support this from one-pointed focus on particular areas of experience, often The breath is a place where uh, meditation um, teachings focus. At the the beginning of a lot of meditation practices, there is this focus on the breathing as a way, as a tool to establish this steadiness of mindfulness around a particular area of experience. But the Satipatthana Sutta can also be understood and practiced in a much broader way as more of a receptivity of just knowing each moment what one is mindful of. The establishment of mindfulness does not require us to start with one object. That is often a way in for some people. It's a way in that can be very useful, kind of get familiar with, oh yeah, this is what it means to be mindful. (laughs) Um, and then begin to broaden. Some, some techniques begin that way. The, the technique taught by Mahasi Sayadaw in, in Burma, which is, uh, or was taught by Mahasi Sayadaw in Burma and then taught by Upandita, who taught teachers Joseph Goldstein, Gil Fransdahl, Jack Hornfield, all practiced with Upandita. And that's a way of, of practicing that's kind of been infused in our Western um, meditative approach. Start with the breath and then expand outwards. Start with the breath. Notice when the attention is pulled to something else. So many different techniques. Other techniques I've learned 
from one of my teachers, Sayadaw Utejaniya. You just establish and stabilize knowing that you're aware and then receive what awareness receives. So many different techniques and they all have their place in our practice. What I often point to is what is um, most natural for your mind to comfortably be mindful. And it's not always comfortable. It's not always going to be comfortable to be mindful. But to kind of that, that sense of what's the, the most easeful way to be aware. Is it by connecting to one experience and just settling with one thing? Or is it a broader experience of settling back and letting experience come to you? Different minds have different natures that make these different approaches more or less easeful. So the concentration that's established with the steadiness of mindfulness can, can vary, can differ depending on how the meditation technique is happening. So if it's a one-pointed focus, like just kind of narrowing into this little spot above the lip in, uh, in the breathing, or focusing on you know, just a spot right at the abdomen, just that sense right there at the abdomen, if it's a pretty small, narrow focus, then the concentration is going to be gathered and become kind of one-pointed. And there are whole techniques around that where you, you, um, you know, hold the attention in that area. And if it gets pulled elsewhere, you gently, as easily as you can, let that experience go and return back to that place. Other meditation techniques... Um, um, the Mahasi technique, you know, we start with a, a kind of a place that's relatively small, often the abdomen, noticing the rising and falling of the abdomen. But if the attention gets pulled to something else, you notice that experience. If something else is stronger than the breath, you don't fight trying to stay with the breath. You take that in. And then as it kind of shifts, changes, maybe naturally fades, then you would come back to the breath. Other techniques, just start with what's here. Something arises, maybe the breath is what's available, or maybe sound, maybe body sensation. And then as another experience, the attention is drawn to another experience. We, we kind of just know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? That kind of concentration has a different flavor to it than the one-pointed concentration. With the one-pointed concentration, the mind and the, the experience both seem to get very quiet, very still. So it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a pull in to stillness, that one-pointed concentration. With the more broad attention, the um, um, awareness can be very still but the experience as a whole is often not so still because the attention is taking in many different things. So that, that experience called moment-to-moment -moment concentration has a different quality than one-pointed concentration. And this is just a kind of a, a, an overview of honoring, I'd say, honoring different forms of practice 
and to not think of one as superior to the other, but what is, what is skillful for you in this moment? Skillful means is what we're pointing to here, rather than what's right or what's wrong or what's best. There's no best. It's what's valuable or skillful for you in the moment. The whole body breathing technique that Tanisaro Bhikkhu taught me, to me feels almost like a blend of, of these two, of like one-pointed and broad. Because there is a kind of connection. You're staying with a connection to the in and out breathing. And yet you're allowing the attention to spread and take in more and more experience. So it's a, a, a concentration practice that kind of stabilizes the attention with the knowing of the breathing in and out. But like that analogy that I pointed to in the guided meditation of the candle in the middle of the room, a concentration practice focuses on the candle, just looking at the candle. This whole body breathing practice allows the attention to be connected with through the knowing, aware of breathing in, aware of breathing out, knowing you're breathing in, knowing you're breathing out, lets the knowing become broader, expanding to the whole body. Now, it may be, it may not be. I mean, the, the, the experience that I had with this practice At first, it may be that as you expand the attention to the whole body, you're noticing many sensations. You know, the pressure of your your body against whatever you're sitting on may have been part of what you noticed while you were breathing. Or maybe the sensations of your hands, you know, so so there's kind of the the broader experience of the whole body while breathing. And what I found too, as I continued with this practice, was that the the awareness became sensitive through this process of of kind of a, a vibratory energy field in the body. And I can even feel it now as I'm speaking. Some of you may have tasted that. It's a subtle experience. It's a subtle kind of energetic experience in the body. That the attention kind of began to take in that broad energetic experience of the body. So it's not a narrow object that the, that it's not a small object, not something we think about like just this point on the, the lip or just this little tiny area the size of a quarter in your abdomen. It's a larger experience, but it, be, it also can become a very stable experience. Just like the, 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 the mind can kind of orient to this broad sense of knowing this vibratory energy. And attuned to that flavor of the experience in the meditation. And at that point, it may be that some of the other sensations, like the, the pressure of the body against the chair, that, that, that recedes. And it's, it just is this kind of 
you know, this field of vibration. More like in the, you know, the, the analogy that Tanisaro Bhikkhu uses of noticing the candle or noticing the candle lights up the room. It might be like at first you notice the candle and then noticing the candle lights up the room. You might notice the things in the room, the objects in the room, or maybe the walls of the room. But then you might start to become aware of the light. A kind of more diffuse quality. That uh, Becoming aware of the light is kind of more like becoming aware of the awareness that receives the experience. But this vibratory field, kind of a broad experience of the vibratory field, can move us in the direction of that. Another analogy might be um, in the night sky on a dark moonless night. If you're away from light pollution, you can see the Milky Way. And you might like look at little patches of the Milky Way or pick out like, you know, within the Milky Way, there's, you know, like I think uh, um, Cygnus, the constellation Cygnus flies right along the Milky Way. And so the specific stars of Cygnus are found there. And you can look at those specific stars. But you can also kind of relax back, step back, and just kind of know the wash of the Milky Way. That is kind of like knowing this broad vibratory experience. It's not seen by focusing in on any particular area. It's much more available with that relaxation, receiving. And then perhaps the awareness in the, in the night sky analogy might be like then becoming aware of the velvety, deep blackness of the sky that allows the contrast allows us to see the objects in the sky. So our attention can kind of shift between these different areas. And we see that in our, uh, in our variety of our senses, the visual field, we can see that. And this can happen within our physical realm, noticing this. So one other piece I'll point to in terms of this whole body breathing as a practice. And, you know, I just gave the barest little flavor of it. Um, I took up this practice for a couple of years of my practice and found it very valuable to explore this kind of meditation for a period of time. And then it kind of morphed into awareness practice. I began to um, kind of recognize the value of knowing the awareness as a way to have that relaxed attention. And then it took a different, it took a different course. You know, the, the whole practice kind of went in a different direction. So in my own practice, just honoring those techniques, honoring which technique felt most valuable at a particular time. So I did practice this for, for a couple of years with Tanisaro Bhikkhu. 
And in this practice, one of the, one of the big pieces that really supported the technique for me was the use of, um, I'll call them requests right now. There's a, a term in the Pali Canon, aditana, which means resolve, which is often used in, the, um, in concentration practice that we kind of express a direction or an intention towards something. And that's what these requests are, are like. I, I offered one of them in the, in the guided meditation. May the breathing become comfortable. May the breathing become comfortable. What I found in, um, in doing this practice on whole body breathing was that it, once I kind of settled down, did some relaxation, I actually even used these resolves in the relaxing process too. I would start with relaxing the body as much as I could. And then I would drop in the request, may the breathing, I mean, may the, may the body relax. And then just noticed what happened with that request. As the mind and body kind of land in the present moment, sometimes, not always, but sometimes the mind becomes very amenable to a kind of a curiosity about these requests or these intentions. And so I found with a certain level of relaxation of body and mind, I could drop in a request for relaxation and then just be available to see what happened. May the, may the body relax. And then I might notice some areas of the body relaxing that I didn't even know were held in tension. I would drop that request in a few times and notice this process of relaxation deepen. And then requesting, may the mind relax. Noticing that something let go in the mind, perhaps, that I didn't know was held or didn't know how to let go of. But that some part of the system knew how to let go of it. So this, the use of resolves can be a, a helpful way to kind of move in the direction of settling the mind. Now, if those resolves are done with a kind of a greed, it's probably not going to play out. It has to be a kind of a, okay, are you, re- are you willing to show me body and mind how to relax? Are you, are you, is that possible right now? It's kind of an honoring what, what the system is, is available for. And so in this, um, in this whole body breathing practice, at a certain point, I simply used these requests to settle the mind. I didn't try to expand the, uh, the breathing. I would settle in, may the body relax, you know, settle in with some conscious relaxation, may the body relax, may the mind relax. Then the request, may the attention rest with the breathing. There's the breathing arriving in awareness. Again, not my kind of trying to drag the mind around to point at the breath, but just allowing the mind and body to kind of show me if it was available, if it was um, kind of appropriate for the system. May the attention rest with the breathing. Then I would use, may the breathing become comfortable. 
Notice how that might shift the experience. This whole experience, by the way, was one of more and more pleasantness in general as this happened. May the, may the body relax, more and more comfortableness, more and more ease, more and more pleasantness. May the mind relax, a little bit more ease and pleasantness. May the attention rest with the breathing. May the breathing become comfortable, more and more pleasantness. May the breathing, may the breathing, may the body become sensitive to the whole body while breathing. So again, not trying to do the expansion. I use this analogy of the bubble in the guided meditation with the sense of allowing that bubble to expand as a kind of an image that might support um, moving in the direction of uh, whole body breathing. But I also found um, I also found um, this request. May the awareness expand to include the whole body. I like that sensitive language. Breathing in, sensitive to the whole body. May the mind becomes sensitive to the whole body while breathing. So the use of these requests is a technique. It's a meditative technique. And at some point, uh, you know, I kind of almost stumbled into this on my own, um, having learned some of this, these requests in another meditation practice. But Dhanasaro Bhikkhu and I hadn't particularly talked about using resolves like this. And I was talking to him about it in my in my practice discussions with him. And at some point I said, you know, we haven't talked about this. And, you know, what do you think? You know, I've been telling you I'm using this, this, these requests. And what do you think about that? And he said, oh, that's standard stuff. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a kind of a, a tool in our meditative practice. And I found more and more places, not only in the concentration type of practice, but also in awareness types of practices where it can be useful to see what's available, kind of a request, not a demand, not looking for something, but what's available to be known. So um, last time we didn't have much time for comments or questions, so um, 